Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. Amen. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Uh, you know, do you ever get your second wind? You know, you're about to fall asleep, and then you get your second wind, and you can't go to sleep. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, that happened to me last night. So I'm working on a little bit of sleep, and then I tweaked my neck too. So, oh, in pain. But happy Palm Sunday. Uh, you know, this begins the week of Christ's passion, where we remember, you know, he came in as king. I mean, we're going to read the verses, but they were spreading out palm branches and putting their coats down and declaring he's the king of the Jews. We call it the triumphal entry. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And some other things this morning. By the way, if in case I forget, sunrise service 6 a.m. and then regular service here at 10. And every Easter we go through all the extra biblical proofs that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again. And so we will look at all the proofs that are out there, and it's amazing. Uh, so if you know someone that's not saved and they might want to come to church, on Easter, it's a good time for them to come. So uh, to hear about that. Also, Passover is Friday at sunset. And usually we do a Seder supper. We're not going to do that this year. But I would encourage you, look up how to do a Seder supper. Because it's at that supper that Jesus Christ instituted communion. And it was the third cup of the Passover meal. There's four cups in the meal, and remember, he said, I won't drink wine with you again until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And so it's very interesting. There's going to be wine in heaven. I just find that <laughs> very interesting. Anyway, it's significant that Passover is Friday this week because the week that Jesus died, Passover was on Friday as well. And so this week, as we remember the passion of Jesus Christ, and you can search online. I was going to go through the chronology of what occurred in the week of passion today, but I uh, changed my mind on that. But uh, it's really amazing because that Friday, and it's just like when we celebrate um, this, this year on Passover, uh, Jesus, many people say, died. What do they call it? Good Friday, right? Yeah. <laughs> but when did he really die? We're going to talk about that today as well. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 8. And Jesus was riding down the Mount of Olives. And it says, and many spread their coats in the road, and others spread leafy branches which they had cut from the fields. And those who went in front and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What does Hosanna mean? It means save us now. 
It's really a cry for God to save them. But they thought Jesus was coming as a conquering king. And so they spread out their coats, and this large crowd starts yelling, Hosanna, meaning save us, really deliver us from Roman rule. We want to be our own nation again. This is Messiah. They really believed it. Verse 10, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. So we see the people gathered, and they took branches of palm uh, leaves. That's in John chapter 12, verse 13, and went out to meet him. And here in John, it says, they began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. So everybody that gathered, And the Pharisees later said, the whole world is following after Jesus Christ. So on Palm Sunday, I want you to picture this. Everybody but the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests in the temple believed that Jesus Christ was Messiah. More than that, they declared him king of Israel from David's kingdom. So they all believed it, the whole population. Of course, we know not many days later, they're going to yell out what? Crucify him. Yeah. But they all believed. They wanted him to throw off the shackles of Roman rule. And John chapter 12, verse 12, it says, And on the next day, a large crowd who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna, save us, Jesus. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. So in Luke chapter 19, verse 38, they said, shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, the Romans that heard that, what, what are they thinking in their mind? Hey, there can be no king except the emperor in Rome. If this is an insurrection, you can bet the guard and, and there were Romans around there were, were getting, they didn't know what to do. They thought, man, we're going to need backup because everybody but the scribes, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and priests believed that he was the king. They were really quoting from a prophecy that David wrote in the book of Psalms, chapter 118, starting at verse 22. And it says, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us now, or Hosanna. We beseech you, O Lord, we beseech you. Do send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The final Palm Sunday, you know there's going to be another real Palm Sunday? And we will stand before the throne of God and hold palm branches after the rapture. And that's in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. It says, after these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues. That's every nation on the planet 
standing before the throne of God and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. By the way, that is us after the rapture. We're going to wear togas in heaven. And they had palm branches. We're going to have palm branches in, in our hands. And they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on our throne and to the Lamb. In Revelation 12.10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power and kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before God day and night. That's that final battle that takes place in heaven right at the midpoint of the last seven years. By the way, what do we call the last seven years? Some people call it the tribulation. The Bible refers to it as the 70th week of Daniel. Because Daniel said there are 70 weeks, literally years, that are going to occur and they're weeks of years. And we're going to go over that a little bit today as well. And in Revelation 19.16, this is when we return at the second coming of Jesus Christ to establish his kingdom on this earth. It says, and on his robe, Christ, and his thigh was a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he will be king as an heir of David's kingdom. And he will rule and reign on this planet for a thousand years. In Luke 22, 7, it says, Then came the first day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us so that we may eat of it. It's interesting to note, they did not eat the Passover on Passover. They ate it the day before on the day of preparation. The day of preparation was when the Passover lamb had to be uh, killed and prepared for the Passover the next day. They ate the Passover the day before. So remember the week of this passion, Passover was on Friday. So they ate their Passover on Thursday. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about that later. All right, Passover is on Friday. As we look back historically, there's only two dates where a Passover on Friday occurred. April 7th, 30 A.D. or April 3rd, 33 A.D. Most Bible scholars say he was probably crucified 33 A.D. But remember, he was born 6 B.C. How old would that make him? 39, almost 40 years. Okay, I tend to think it was 30 A.D. because that's when there was a great earthquake that external historians talk about, which we'll talk about next week on the extra biblical proofs. But the day of preparation would be Thursday. So when was Christ crucified? Most Christians say Good Friday. I tell you, Good Friday didn't start being observed as the day of Christ's crucifixion until the 4th century. And it wasn't codified by the Catholic Church until 692 A.D. No one thought Jesus died on Friday. So why did people think that? Because it says, and when he was crucified, they had to get him buried before sunset because our day begins at sunset because 
the Passover was going to start, and their day begins at sunset. And so Friday for Jews begins Thursday night at sunset. Are you with me? I might be confusing you. There's a very tiny little uh, thing on the back of your handout. You can see the chart of the events surrounding Christ's crucifixion. And I'm going to go through that a little bit. By the way, if Jesus was crucified on Friday, what does that make him? A false prophet. Because he said very clearly in Matthew 12, 40, for as Jonah was in three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man, note this, be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So if he was crucified Friday, buried Friday night, that would be Friday night, Saturday night. That's only two nights. And he would only be two days, literally Friday and Saturday and part of the night. So let's figure out when he was crucified. John 18, 28 says this. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the praetorium, and it was early. And they themselves did not enter the praetorium so that they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover, which would happen that night. Okay, so we know this is Friday. Or Thursday, I'm sorry, because Friday starts Thursday at sunset. Are you with me? I'm confusing myself. I <laughs> okay, lack of sleep, uh, a, a, a stiff neck, and uh, I didn't have enough coffee, or maybe I had too much. I'm not sure. I can't even remember. <laughs> John 19:14 says, Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. Remember, Jesus had to die on the day of preparation, not on the Passover. So we celebrated the Passover the evening of Wednesday, which starts Thursday, the day of preparation. So I know it's confusing, but their days start at sunset and end the next day at sunset, not at uh, 12 a.m. like ours. So Jesus ate the Passover before the actual Passover. And John 19, 14 says, Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. Oh, you know that he had heard them shouting, and the soldiers probably said, All the multitude in Jerusalem are saying Jesus is their king. And so he declared it here. Hey, behold your king. Verse 15 of John 19. So they cried out. And this is just a few days after they said, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They cried out, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? And the chief priest answers, we have no king but Caesar. I want you to note that we have no king but who? God. In fact, when this nation was born during the revolution, that was one of their battle cries, we have no king but Jesus. 
All right, so on your handout, if you have glasses or a magnifying glass, you might be able to see this. It's quite small, but on April 3rd, Nisan 13th, a Wednesday, Jesus' Last Supper and Gethsemane. Okay, so they did it Wednesday night, which really would have been when? Thursday, right? Because Thursday starts at sunset on Wednesday. On And start the day of preparation, by the way. On Thursday, the day of preparation, that's when he was tried, he was crucified, and he died about 3 p.m., and that's when the Passover lambs were killed. On Friday, which, by the way, is a Sabbath. Why is that? On high feast days, and Passover is one of those, it's called a Sabbath day or a high Sabbath. And that's why the Bible says the night before the Sabbath. Some scholar thought that was Saturday, referring to that, but it was actually Friday. So there were two Sabbaths on that week. Friday, Sabbath, High Holy Day, Passover, and Saturday, the normal Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. Scott? Because Passover is a high Sabbath. Every year it changes. Okay, so uh, for example, last year, I believe Passover was on Wednesday. So Wednesday would have been a Sabbath day. They could do no work. They had to prepare for that high Sabbath. And then Saturday would be another Sabbath day. Does that make sense? Yes, every year Passover is a Sabbath, no matter what day it falls on. It fell on Friday. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Did anyone else have a question? <laughs> let's get a micro. Let's get a wireless microphone. To, <laughs> okay. If you do, stop me. I mean, seriously. We. Uh, that's that's important. All right, so Matthew 27, 62 again. Now on the next day, the day after the preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that he was still alive, that deceiver. After three days, he said, I, I am to rise again. So he was already crucified the day before. And when evening had already come, because it was the preparation day, this is Mark chapter 15, uh, 42, uh, that is when he was buried. So there's two Sabbaths that week. And we get that from, let me get, oh, Leviticus chapter 23, starting at verse 5. It says, on the 14th day of the first month, between the two evenings at twilight is the Passover to Yahweh. And on the 15th of the month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to Yahweh. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation, Sabbath. You shall not do any laborious work. For the seven days you shall present an offering to Yahweh. And so that's the high Sabbath. So in the text from John 19.31, we learn that the body of Jesus needed to be removed from the cross because the Sabbath was about to begin. 
some scholar in the fourth century or, or potentially even a Roman convert, which really started the Catholic Church in those days, decided, oh, the Sabbath is Saturday, so he had to be crucified on Friday. So we should observe Friday as the real day of his crucifixion. No one questioned it. But it wasn't 200 years later, 200 plus, that the Catholic Church codified it being Friday. Thus declaring Christ a false prophet. Why? Because in Matthew we read he would be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. All right, so in Luke chapter 24, verse 1, but on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, the women bringing spices which they had prepared. Remember, they didn't think Christ was going to raise. So they came Sunday morning to really anoint the body, to prepare the body for the burial because they couldn't do it when he was buried because of why? It was a Sabbath. Okay, all right, but it's very interesting, Luke 24, um, 1, on, but on the first day of the week, that's not what the Greek says. The Greek word for week there literally says the first day of the Sabbaths, two, plural, the first day of the Sabbath. So Friday was a Sabbath, Sat, uh, Saturday was a Sabbath, and that Sunday was the first day from the Sabbaths. Are you with me? Okay. All right. Literally in the, in the Greek, the word is sabbaton. I'm uh, short for Sabbath. Okay, so you have your hand up. Back to Palm Sunday. Why did the people think that Messiah would come that day? Why were they there gathered waiting for Messiah to be there? I think possibly it's part of Daniel's prophecy. And I, I have a little uh, timeline there of Daniel's prophecy, and I'm going to read that for you in a minute. So who was Daniel, first of all? He was a, a son of a leader in Jerusalem, Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He was captured by Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar attacked Jerusalem and carried many of the Jews back to Babylon. Daniel was one that he brought into his household, and he was going to train him up because he was wise. He was unwilling to compromise. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, he said, I will not defile myself with the king's choice foods. He was a magi, literally wise man. Interesting. Who came and gave Christ gifts when he was about two years old from the east, Babylon. The Magi. The Magi were the wise men in Chaldee and Babylon, and Daniel was made head of the Magi. In fact, he was wiser than any of the wise men found in the kingdom of Babylon. He foretold when the Messiah would come, and these wise men who were under Daniel knew his prophecy and were waiting. Okay, we know that he's going to come about 30 A.D. So he's got to be born sometime between 10 B.C. and there so that he can be old enough to be Messiah when he comes to do that. All right, so they were looking for the birth 
they saw a star that was a unique star. It actually moved and it led them to Christ. All the way from Babylon, the Magi came bearing gifts and they made it when he was two years old. By the way, yeah, they didn't come when he was just born. You know that, right? He was probably about two years old when the Magi came. Anyway, we, we'll save that for Christmas. <laughs> All right, so Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? How would they know that? Because of Daniel's prophecy. They had copies of Daniel. These were the wise men, and they passed it down. So Daniel chapter 9, what's the prophecy? Starting at verse 24, it says, Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. And that, those, that last seven is the last seven-year period of history on this planet as we know it before the second coming of Christ. Verse 25. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, note this, until Messiah the Prince comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. That's 69. The last one we're still waiting for, the seven-year tribulation. So 69 sevens are going to occur from the issuing of the decree, and you can see that on your handout, to Messiah the Prince. There will be 475 years all right so how do we date the decree if we can establish when the decree was made we can go forward 475 years and come to the date that messiah the prince will come by the way this is his first coming not second coming. So in Nehemiah chapter 2, starting at verse 1, it says, In the month of Nisan, I love it, he's going to give us a date, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought before him, the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad? And I answered, Why should, I, why should my face not look sad? When the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed. And the king said to me, what is it that you want? And Nehemiah said, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe passage and conduct till I arrive in Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress, which is by the temple and the wall of the city for the house to which I will go. And the king granted them wrote the letters, literally decreed, hey, Nehemiah needs uh, all the materials to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. His letters were the decree. 
So when did Artaxerxes reign? This was Artaxerxes I, and the Encyclopedia Britannica says he reigned 465 to 425 BC. All right, so 20 years, because this was the 20th year of his reign, would make it 445 BC. So back to Daniel's prophecy, from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem till Messiah the Prince comes will be seven sevens and 62 sevens, 475 years. We know the decree was made on 445 BC, and that brings us to 30 AD. In Luke 19, 37, it says, And as soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd, the disciples, began to praise God and joyfully with loud voice for all the miracles that they've seen, shouting on that Palm Sunday, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if they become silent, these stones will cry out. Wow. We talked about that a couple of years ago, about the stones. Remember, the Mount of Olives is a huge cemetery. It's been a cemetery for over 3,000 years. Jews want to be buried there because they know at some point the resurrection is going to take place and it starts there first, at least in their mind. So they wanted to be first in line <laughs> at the resurrection. And on their tombs, they don't put flowers, they put stones. So as Jesus was descending the Mount of Olives and all the crowd was praising him and declaring him king, he said, listen, if they're silent, these stones are going to declare and praise me and do this. So a few uh, days later, they yell out, crucify him, and all the disciples did what? Peter denied him, even cussed when they suggested that he knew him. And they hid. They were silent. But what happened when he was crucified? Many tombs were opened and the dead came forth declaring the praises of Christ, who he is. The stones, the memorial stones cried out, even as Jesus predicted. Back to Daniel chapter 9. And this is critical if you're ever witnessing uh, to a Jew. Because they thought Messiah would come and be a conquering king, his first coming. But Daniel 9 and Isaiah prophesy that he will come and do what? Die. Isaiah says it clearly. He's going to bear our iniquities. But in Daniel 9, it says this. Then after the 62 weeks, remember it's seven sevens and 62 sevens, a total of 69, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. Literally, it means he's going to die. And the people of the prince who is to come, speaking of the false Messiah, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And Rome did that in 70 AD. So Christ had to die before they did that. And he did, 30 AD. 
and its end will come with a flood, even the end there will be war, desolations are determined. So in Daniel's prophecy, he predicted clearly when Christ would come. But he also predicted that he would immediately be cut off or die. But he rose again from the dead, amen? Jesus is indeed the Son of God. Man couldn't have orchestrated this. He is the Messiah, the Mashiach. He came as prophesied. He died on a cross for our sins, and he rose again. And on Palm Sunday, all the people knew he was Messiah. All of them. Except the Pharisees, Sadducees, and priests, and some of the scribes, who were the uh, attorneys. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Uh, all right well praise the lord next sunday man he is risen i don't call it easter sunday i call it resurrection sunday amen yeah because he is risen from the dead hallelujah ah father god we thank you lord for this day and god i pray that um lord you would heal those that need healing you would comfort those that are discouraged. Lord, for those that are anxious or depressed, Lord, you would give them peace. And Lord, I pray that you would bless every home and every heart here and those watching online. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week.